1: Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome back. This is episode 498, and this Cecil... This is a special episode because Mm -hmm. we have two things. Two things. Two things. One, uh, we have the advantage of pre-recording it so I can go on vacation! which means we also have Thomas Smith. Hey, You should introduce me first. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to cheer. I did that on guys. purpose. I did that. I wanted to make sure my been,
2: vacation was more important. It would, than it would have been more of a cheer right. for Thomas if he was first. I, yeah, know. I was, That's I why I wanted to cheer. You're
3: going to go into like detailed travel plans and stuff while I'm just sitting here silent. You're like, so here, I got this hotel over here and I'm going to do that. And it'd be like 30 minutes. Of, oh,
2: anyway, and Thomas uh, is here. I'm like, hi. Also, yeah. uh, also, also too, at the end of the show, we will be having a Vulgarity for Charity segment. So if you donated money to Vulgarity for Charity, which we hope you did, um, listen for that segment, um, maybe you'll hear your roast. And you can still do that. We're still in the middle of this drive. And it turns out, I don't know exactly because we're recording, like Tom said, we are recording well in advance. I don't know what our numbers are now, but trust me, we still need more donations. (laughs) So go out, donate to uh, Modest Needs, send uh, an image of who you want roasted and verification of your payment to vulgarity for charity. That's the word, not the number at gmail.com with who you want us to roast. And we will do it. It's gotta be 50 bucks or more. We're hoping it's a lot more than 50.
1: So Thomas, we had you, We wanted to have you come on the show and uh, talk a little bit about uh, our favorite, the uh, Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. Here we, here we are in the middle of the um, primary season for the Democrats. <laughs> um, we're in the middle of impeachment season for the Republicans. So I don't know if this is a rabbit season, duck season kind of moment. I'm, i it feels that it feels way. like
2: America took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. That's
1: for sure. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, no shit. There's but there's a there's there's a huge transition that's going on, right? And no matter how we cut it, right now we're about one year. So I thought this would be one year away from
3: from election time next year. I thought this would be a nice time. To take stock. Oh, okay. I, I was wondering how far in advance we're recording this. I was like, are we doing Trump's, Trump's second term? Should I? Oh. So Trump's just been oh, uh, inaugurated for his second term. Did you term. say third term? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm
2: losing you, Thomas. I'm losing you. You're breaking up. <laughs> or Or I'm breaking down. I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> yeah. I am
1: nervous, yeah. so. It, it, do, you, do you think, is he going to go full FDR? We're going to roll back the Constitution just to <laughs> s- decide it doesn't matter and go four? Go four as he's on? No,
3: I see. In seriousness, I know you're joking, but like a lot of people are worried about that kind of thing. And for, I don't know why. Like that, no, that for wo- whatever reason, worries about him refusing to leave or like running for a third term. That doesn't bother me. However, I will say this. I'm... If, if I had to uh, put odds on it, I the odds of him winning, and just for me personally, I feel like they're higher than I thought the odds were in 2016. I feel like the odds of him winning re-election yeah. are better than I thought he would ever be president in 2016. I don't know what that means because that's just my personal feelings, but that's how I'm feeling about it, and it sucks. <laughs> Is that... How much of that is
1: based on, on, on evidence and how much of that is based on, I just don't want to hope anymore because it hurts too
2: much every
3: Every time it's crushed. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I think that, um, you know, I, I admit to, I copped to being, um, very surprised by 2016. Like I, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, we, we did a lot of stuff on that back in the day and, and I do, but I, I do think I've updated my beliefs about this country a little bit. And the fact that, you know, there is no change really in the structural advantage, the Electoral College advantage that Republicans have. So I don't know. I mean, it it could really be that we Democrats win by like five million votes because of California and some other states. And it just doesn't affect the Electoral College results, and uh, he's still in. So that's my do cheery message for everybody.
2: <laughs> hey, everybody! Hope you're still tuned in. Um, the Message is: if you're you f- in
3: anything like, a, well, if you're in any state, but if you're any anything like a battleground state, you need to fucking vote for the Democrat, yeah, whoever. It absolutely, is. absolutely. I, I, I wonder though, does the do the um,
2: numbers that we saw in 2018 and now this latest election that just happened, where clearly a couple things went blue that people weren't expecting. Do you think that that is any indicator that you know the pedal is still on the gas and we're still we're, we
3: we might actually be able to spin this thing around? It's hard to say. I mean, I, I'll put on my uh, my Nate Silver hat or something. Like I <laughs> I try to follow Can you get a, a to lot of this. One? Why are but, you going to you know, lie to us? <laughs> I don't have like a <laughs> I don't have like a PhD in stats or anything. But yeah. my understanding is that um, one thing that keeps surprising me, and cause, and it almost got me again in 2018, where I was like, surely shortly you've seen the problem you're going to respond. you know, the country's going to be like, what were we thinking? Let's just uh, get, you know, get, get Beto in the Senate. I thought, you know, there's a chance that we'd win the Senate back. But what I think the scariest thing for me is every time I think my, cause my default assumption is, well, Democrats are going to be super activated and there's so many Republicans who, you know, and even if it's one to 4% of Republicans who are just like, you know, I'm not going to vote. I'm going to sit it out. That makes a huge difference because we are this deadlocked 50, 50 country somehow. And I keep thinking like, so that's going to kick in that dynamic will kick in. But instead I'm wrong every time what happens is turnout. <laughs> no, it's, this is, and I, I'm wrong because I guess I expect a little more out of people. I don't know what happens is democratic turnout. Yeah. Way up. And then you look at the numbers, Republican turnout just as high, like somehow yeah. they're, they're just as excited and activated about keeping Trump in power, as we are about taking him out, and it's it's weird. I don't. I never would have thought that. Well,
1: I mean, it's probably because he's doing such a great job for those rust oh, for, yeah. for those Rust Belt states, right? The Rust Belt states have been killing it under the Trump administration. Because didn't he say That's, he's going to bring manufacturing back? And yeah. so, okay,
2: and
3: coal jobs was that a thing? Too? Coal, yeah. I was going to say, I, I think I'm hoping that he's going to put my daughter in the coal mine. Like, I, want them, <laughs> I want my kids working in the mine. <laughs>
1: And I mean obviously you guys know that trade wars are easy to win. They're and, smart
3: and easy yeah. to win.
2: And they're great for the economy.
3: Yeah. That's right. another thing. Too. So Yeah. What yeah. Side note, what does winning a trade war even mean? <laughs> I don't like, know. Does the other side tap out and then they give you all the, your, their goods yeah. for free or something? Well, what is like the- You
1: occupy their factories is what, it is, what yeah. it is. And then there's a Marshall plan to run them.
3: It's a whole... We build a rectangular red hotel and then they have to pay <laughs> us rent every time. I think that's like his understanding of economics is like about monopoly level pretty much. Because frankly he was born into that. Like he was born with a fucking hotel on uh, on Broadway what Park is it? Place, I just I just I just, well, I just hope place. he goes directly
2: yeah. to jail. That's all. <laughs> I <think. Yeah. laughs> um, So oh so tell us tell us Thomas about his his accomplishments because I'm
3: curious. I am curious now. Well, I thought you know we should we should uh, we should do do some research get get all sides here. And so I went to I found some resources. You know, there's Bald Eagle Hillary Garrison <laughs> And I got a few just to just to. Okay, are these straight from Uh, QAnon's mouth? First accomplishment. (laughs) Uh, Did you know he personally abolished all of Obama's death panels? Where were the death panels at? And could I like go there, like the Supreme Court, and just
2: like sit in the in the in the pews or whatever it is, in the stands, and watch people get put to death by a death panel?
1: There is no job I want more than to be the guy on the
3: death panel. (laughs) On the death panel. There's no job I want Tom to have less than being <laughs> on the death panel. <laughs> See, I don't want the death panel responsibility.
2: I just want, I just want to be at the end of the line with the stamp that's, that's got like the mm. "You're dead or you're not."
3: Is, yeah, yeah. That's a killer stamp. <laughs> yeah, right? I agree with you. That's a good. That's an amazing stamp. It's just a stamp. that says no, and it's right on someone's forehead. Yeah. It's got a big circle around and, it, and reject <laughs> it. And you know, <laughs> you know, you're gonna milk that thing. Oh. You're gonna just, you're gonna make the 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 loudest noise <laughs> because <laughs> you have to. I mean, or you get one of those like old fashioned metal ones that like rolls and, like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'll uh, be amazing. The more- action the better. Yeah. Like just the more noise oh, yeah. and that, because you know yeah. you're in a dystopia, so you might as well do dystopia. And you could, like, you that. could like, like not oil it so it sounds like it's screaming every time. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, the other option if again,
1: if I was sitting on these death panels, the remodeling I would do in that room. <laughs> It would be just,
2: just everybody my wears a cloak. Budget. Everybody's gotta wear like a oh. big cloak and everybody has a sickle next
1: to them. I what I want is either a lever and they have to stand on a trapdoor.
2: <laughs> and there's a rancor underneath here.
1: <laughs> next. Oh gosh. That would be that's 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 an excellent option. You could have a vaudeville hook. <laughs>
2: But it's got to be a sickle. It's got to be like the Grim <laughs> Reaper <laughs> sickle, and it comes out and it gets them and That's pulls nice. them off. That'd
3: be good. Uh, I also think it should come out while you're deliberating, so you could go either way. You know, it's like oh, end our decision You know, it's like at yeah, or me. you could have like that
1: panel
2: of like X's buzzers. You know, yeah. like <laughs> I think what you need to do is you need to have it have it be like like uh the. The, the voice where there's a big X in front yeah, of each judge. Yeah. And like while <laughs> you plead your case, you can either hit no oh, yeah. or yes. And then...
3: America's Got Insurance, that's what we should call (laughs) it. Your your seat
2: turns around like you're turning your back on them. It's amazing.
3: That third vote is going to be pretty fucking uh, (laughs) nerve wracking Simon (laughs) Cowell always goes for death. Why is that, Simon?
2: (laughs) He's just yawning. Some people are dying all around him. (laughs) In my (laughs) country, we don't kill people like
3: this. There's just a pile of corpses outside. Uh, Here's one. Did you know he won every non-biased vote in 2016? (laughs) He presided over the highest year in human history two years running. Yeah, 2019 <laughs> was the yeah, biggest.
2: It was the biggest year. The
3: highest biggest year we had.
2: The very biggest year. These have been very big years 2019, 2018, 2017.
3: Every year I'm empowered the year goes <laughs> up. <laughs> Yeah. That you is think what- that's a coincidence? <laughs> uh he boosted diplomatic relations with Mexico by completely forgetting about making the paper. Sure did. And that's something only Trump it sure could have done. did will give him that. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Here's one. Uh presides over the largest US population ever. <laughs> that's I think that's similar to the year. I don't know how that's I mean, it's true. Um He. He ousted President Obama. <laughs> yeah, got, I got guess he him. did.
2: I guess he did. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Ousted. I don't know. I don't know if you could use ousted. Yeah. Rid the world of that dictator. Yeah. Ousted him
3: for this dictator. We got a couple more here. He uh, took away Representative Elijah Cummings' will to live. Oh. All right, that's oh, that's too far. I don't know that's why they true. That's, that. oh. that's just true. I think he's done that with a lot of people.
2: <laughs> we could just blame yeah. every death in America on him. <laughs>
3: And then finally, I've got one more of these, and I, I vetted this, this is absolutely true. He got rid of Clinton and Podesta's secret child sex dungeon. And if you, <laughs> if you look, there's no trace of it now. It's actually completely, completely gone. I'll Wiped say this off too, it's like it never even it's existed. It's a is the weird thing. Like he... Uh, it's like it's been scrubbed they from actually, everything they which actually is impressive. moved it
2: they moved it from there to Jeffrey Epstein's cell where he killed himself they moved <laughs> it
1: that dungeon well they
2: called serve pro like yeah. it never happened is yeah. their tagline?
1: <laughs> <on, so.
3: laughs> uh, uh, look, okay, obviously I made those up. But, like, did I make those up? <laughs> no, no, some of them some are of them they, are absolutely true. Some of them are 100% are they, any, are they, like, any less ridiculous than what Trump claims his accomplishments are? All right, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to hear. Realist. And I gotta say, this is, uh All right, I'll try to get it together, uh, you know, and and do some comedy. But <laughs> to see this webpage on the whitehouse.gov, it's their official Trump accomplishments. <laughs> It's just truly fucking sad. Like, I, I've been nonstop bummed out about 2016, but this was just one more punch directly to my scrotum <laughs> that I just didn't... The, I didn't know it was possible for a website to be written in crayon, but it is. Like, it takes <laughs> this website that's Trump's accomplishments, it's in fucking first person. Oh my like, God. Like, we're supposed to believe, what? like, he's... Oh, from the 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 coding hand of Donald Trump. He's putting this on the website. Shut the fuck up for real, for real. And it gets worse. There is no date on this page of any kind. And yet there are relative time terms everywhere. So the fucking thing says, last month we did what? What's last month? <laughs> you what's so it's last just month stays- you fucking Whitehouse.gov official US government website. <laughs> Which oh, last month last do you month, you mean? month though, Tom? It's Thomas. so
1: embarrassing. God. Last month we inked a deal to buy Greenland.
2: <laughs> Oops. Yeah. It's okay. just crossed out. Like, just, like uh, there's one big red line <laughs> through
3: that. Oh my God. It is so depressing. It's just the ah, uh, it's just something about seeing it, you know. Just seeing well, the, the the full fucking sophomoric stupidity, incompetence of these people on the White House.gov just really got me the other day when I was doing this. Like,
1: ah. You know, if you're like if you're the leader of the country and you're doing just a great fucking job, do you have to fucking tell everybody, or would it not be immediately <laughs> apparent by everybody doing yeah. better? Right? You you kind of only have to brag about like, it's like, it's like, all right, so. I slept with your sister. You got me on that one, but I did the dishes.
3: <laughs> so I'm going to make a lot of noise about doing these dishes over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you win a uh, a race, like, you know, you're running or something, you win a race. You don't have to be like, Hey, see, here's how I went. It's if you get last, then you're like, okay, here's what happened. I yeah. <laughs> no, I, did, I did some good stuff. You never stuff. have to explain your success. I okay.
1: Yeah. I tied my own shoes, though, and that's not nothing, okay? I learned it last week, and the rabbit goes through the hole, down, it's a whole thing.
3: Fucking hell. It is hell. absolutely true, and I, I I'm going to try my absolute best, you guys can help me, to not exaggerate here. If this were written and turned in as a sixth grade assignment, it would be <laughs> horrible. I'm trying not to exaggerate. If it's first grade, okay, fine, like, that's good. If it's sixth grade, you're like, well... This is one of the dumb kids, huh? Okay, well, let's see if we can... They just immediately sentence him to a death panel. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> give, him a, give him a break. His grandma was recently death, death panel. It's been he hasn't learned He hasn't learned how to write in other tenses other than, or whatever, first person. Uh, like he's...
2: You know, the reason why you know that it wasn't written by Donald Trump in the first person because he would write it in the third person.
3: Yeah, he, if would, he, wrote he, it. Would. he would. He would write it in the third person because he speaks in the Whoa, third person. That's the most brilliant thing. I've, you're so right. Like, it's a giveaway. It's a giveaway. <laughs> yeah, it's a giveaway. Is, it's a giveaway in that it's a stupid fucking thing to do either way, <laughs> but you're like, No, he would do the other stupid fucking thing. Not this stupid fucking thing. Wasn't it Bob Dole that used to speak about himself for the third person? Like, Bob Dole's running for (laughs) president. Well, that was always the joke in, like, (laughs) SNL and stuff. And then I think now that Trump's done this, you're like, that was, he was a genius, Bob Dole. Whatever. (laughs) Bob Dole's ahead of the curve.
2: Shouldn't have death-paneled that guy.
3: (laughs) You know what we also have in this uh, list on whitehouse.gov is uh, all caps in places. This is fucking Shut up. Are you serious? No way, for real? Yep. How much of it in Comic Sans? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's there's not that much all caps, but uh, you know, any uh, all caps on something like this is fucking psychotic. On the White House, God, <laughs> no other president <laughs> since, or I think ever, or, or you know, before this or after, will uh, ever do anything. Like, uh, I hope. Uh, is there a Home Star Runner link right on the main page?
2: <laughs> Strongman.
3: Strongman's gonna read
2: his email to us. Oh God. Uh,
3: all right. Hit us, Thomas. Hit all us, right. with these. so I I will. Um and and so as I as I read these, I, I've noticed one thing you would do if you know you didn't have a lot of real accomplishments is you'd probably try to milk certain ones. <laughs> sure. I've, I've just I know it's what just, I do since I don't have a lot of real accomplishments. <laughs> 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 I've done an account here. Uh, jobs okay it is true that unemployment is historically low that's that's true so what is also true though is that 12 out of the first 14 things listed on this page are just that but like put differently (laughs) (laughs) i swear to god it's like it's like if i chug the most beer ever and i list 12 accomplishments That's like i chug the most beers Two, I chug the most ounces of beer. Three, I chug the most pounds of beer. Four, also the most cans of beer, the most liters, and then that's you, like okay, we get it. You chug the most beer. That's the thing you did. You don't. It doesn't matter how many ways you divide it. That's one thing you did, and it's not really that impressive. But so, okay, here we go. First, top top uh, achievement on the official fucking White here we House go. website. We go. Almost 4 Terminal. million jobs created since election. How many? 4 million. Okay. And what I want to know is like, so are we to believe he personally created? that? I know, <laughs> right? That's, that's <laughs> one That's one piece. Okay, but I, that's to be fair,
1: rich people are job creators. Yeah, it's They'll true. They'll tell you while they're taking your tax money.
3: Also,
2: how good are the jobs, right? That's yeah. one of the things that we keep hearing is like, oh, yeah, you know, he's creating a bunch of jobs. You're like, yeah, but if I got to work two or three of them. To fucking survive, that's not good. <laughs> that's that's a good not point. a good job. That's a shit hey, job. Thanks for
3: creating four uh, terribly paying jobs that I now can fill all of my hours of the day instead yeah, exactly. of just yeah, sixteen yeah. of them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I know I, I remember hearing Ben Shapiro talking about this and saying, "Well, you know, people that have multiple jobs in this country is only like eleven percent." You are like eleven percent of people have multiple jobs. It's a, lot, a of people. lot of people. Turns yeah. out that's a lot of people. So yeah, and even if those numbers aren't you know, are are. Low in comparison, it's still a lot of people. Right. It's like I. I it,
1: it's like well, I used to be broke, but now I'm broke and tired. And how like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> fucking <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. That, that, what a fucking
2: upgrade that is for your fucking life. And also, how much of a trajectory was this from well, I, prior I, I to getting get to that? Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That we we can talk, Do the meta talk. Um. Well, here, let me read through the copying over ones if you. Uh, more Americans yep. are now employed than ever recorded before in our history. Shut up!
1: It's as transparent as the beer thing. That's really on there. That's yeah, really that's, that's really another two. one.
3: Well, that's not like a sub
1: bullet. That's just no, what that's un- unemployment
2: and employment means. <laughs> and are you sure it wasn't like translated kinda, into another was, language and then
3: retranslated out of a language or something? <laughs> like, what is happening? And I was joking, but that's if you're just saying more. That's like my most population ever. Like it's kind of right. You didn't also There's highest lowest year. Good job. You that got That means the, the lower people wake up and come to work. Oh my God. Um, we have created, we have created it Says This is the, I'm, I'm not, this is word for word. Bullet three. We have created more than 400,000 manufacturing jobs since my election. He's not
1: solely taking credit his team of people that he fires on a rotating basis (laughs) based on like, (laughs) based on like whatever the fucking, whatever fucking Mad Max rules (laughs) exist in the. It's like, it's like a
2: fucking relay race at this point. Like you hand off the ambassadorship to someone and they run as fast as they can (laughs) and they hand it off to someone else. And then they tap out. It's like
1: Russian roulette with one of those guns where like a flag comes out that just says you're fired.
3: (laughs) I love too that he's such a fucking coward. He can't even actually fire people. If that's the best. But anyway, I uh, you guys know I mean I mean I'm pretty plugged into political everything, right? And I am embarrassed to say we were my wife and I were at a uh, pub trivia we like to go to. It's n- nice and fun. And there was a question that was who is Trump's current chief of staff? <laughs> and I said, well, I surely should know the answer to this since I follow this and nothing but this, yeah, 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 really yeah. closely. And I was like, fuck. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys know?
4: Is it Mulvaney?
3: It's Mulvaney. You would have gotten it. Yeah. I was still back like four resignations ago. I was like, (laughs) I was sifting through my mental, like, because I thought Mulvaney, I was like, well, Mulvaney's still on the budgets, right? Or did they move him? Thomas, Thomas, we only know this. Because we were stumped by it too. Both really? of us were like,
2: both of us two yeah. weeks ago, were like, wait, who's Mulvaney? Awesome. And we were just like, wait a second.
3: And then we had to look it up and we're yeah. like, we didn't even know who it was. <laughs> okay, I very the much only reason Malvaney is because- was. But he was in, he was hired as the office of budget guy, right? Yeah, I know.
2: Once I saw a picture of him, I knew who he was, Yeah, right? Because there's so many rotating names. I don't remember the names. It's like, it's like game of Thrones. You're like, I know what that guy looks like, but I don't know his name, right? I don't know his house. I don't know his fucking heraldry, but I know the guy's face. And so that's how it is in the Trump administration. It's like, I know who the mountain is and I know who (laughs) Jamie Lannister is and I see all this stuff, but I see that guy and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the budget guy. Well, then I see him talking. I'm like, wait, now he's the. He's the what now? When did he get promoted or demoted? I don't even know. Demoted, I guess. Well, did you guys hear the the story from
1: the Daily where the the guy who became the undersecretary for the VA found out that he got that job because he turned on the TV? turned on the TV. And Trump's like, and now the undersecretary for the VA,
2: and he's like, Wait, I'm the what now? Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and several times he found out about meetings the day of while he's sitting at, with the, at, the, at the press conference with the with the president. He's like, "And we're gonna have a big meeting this weekend. You'll be there, right?" He turns and looks at the guy and say, "Like, no, I yeah. won't." He's like, "I got, shit. I got, like, I got shit to do. No, I won't be there because you didn't ask me ahead of time to be there until right now. Send he, me an Outlook invite, you stupid fucker." So amazing.
3: He is uh, such a an interpersonal coward too. That he j- he fires people via tweet. I mean, we all know this, but like, yeah, multiple stories of he will tell like a little fucking coward. He will tell people on the phone, yeah, you're good, we're good, going forward. Yep, mm-hmm, yeah, oh yeah. Tell me about what you're doing over there. Oh, mm-hmm, uh. and then like an hour later, that person will see a tweet saying I've just fired the whatever. <laughs> I swear to God, this is true. Uh- Fucking That's just so incredible.
4: Who was oh.
1: who was the guy who was like he like Trump fired him via tweet and he tweeted back. He's like, I fucking
2: quit. What are you talking about? <laughs> was that John Bolton? I think it was Bolton. Bolton did that. Yeah, yeah. Bolton it's said the, like, the word, no, I resigned like two days ago. Right? What are you talking about? You didn't fire me.
1: <laughs> this is the craziest world to live in. And really uh, yeah, I, I know
3: Mulvaney because he's he's either he's like the little leprechaun that was taking everybody's money. Early on, or is, that what yes. is? is that a reverse leprechaun, leprechaun? Or leprechaun? It's like a reverse thing? leprechaun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cleprechaun. Because yeah, he, <laughs> he, he would just fucking announce, oh, uh, here we did a little budget work, uh, no money for anything, and we're putting it all in fucking rockets or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the worst. So, uh, here's number four manufacturing jobs are growing at the fastest rate in more than three decades. Shut what up. You know? For real? That's the same thing. Another jobs. Okay. All right. Here's one. Uh, here's the first not directly job related one. Okay. Uh, As in not directly unemployment related. Economic growth last quarter hit 4.2%. Again, last quarter. What quarter is that? I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Oh God, last quarter. It's last one. You, you, yeah. yeah. you know, it's quarter, the last uh, Q3, yeah. fiscal year, yeah. 20, yeah. whatever. Exactly. You, know? you yeah, can't yeah, even do yeah. that?
2: God. I, do you think that do you think that's purposeful, though? Do you think they're saying that that way so that that someone can go to the <laughs> yeah. White House list of it and then be like, no, last quarter he did this thing if you're looking for reasons why, just to say last quarter, even though it might not be true? I really think it's sheer incompetence.
3: I really okay. Do. like okay. I think that's, it's fair. that's people fair. who just have had never had any consequences for any behavior in their life and they think they're fucking geniuses. They're, yeah. they the whole administration. do you guys watch the Good place? No, no. It's a great show, but there's a character on it who is a perfect send up of like the older. Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know the generation above ours, probably, but like older, wealthy golfer dad that just thinks Boomer? everything he does is fucking brilliant. They're all that guy from The Good Place. For I'm sure many of your listeners know the reference. They're all that guy. But anyway, one thing I was going to say, I'm sorry, I meant to say this about um, Mulvaney and the staff. Do you guys know the reason uh, it's actually a real legal reason why Partially, why he's doing all this? Why he just shifts people around? No, it's because they. He, well, a, it's because he can't get anyone to work. Yeah, for right. Yeah, that's because <laughs> who would want to work for him? But <laughs> it's also because he can't get the, anybody through Congress. Yeah, he can't uh, through the Senate. Um, th- so the, the the law is you can have people fill in for on a temporary basis without uh-huh. Senate approval if they already hold a different position. He just has interim people after interim. interim people everywhere. It's to avoid Senate accountability. Now they've been the, the reason they can do it is because they were approved yeah, in before. like 20 fucking yeah, 17 for whatever the other job was. And so all he has to work with is a pool of the four people that yes, are still it's around. If it's even <laughs> that, many. that well's
2: going to run dry. Yeah. Eventually he's going to dip the bucket down. There won't be a bolt in the filling
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got another trivia question for you. Who's the current Secretary of Defense? Oh, Secretary of Defense.
1: Uh, I don't know. After Mattis quit, yeah, I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. Do we
3: not have one? No, I don't think we, we don't have one. one. <laughs> Wait a minute. We don't have one. <laughs> I, I actually th- I was realizing as I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't know. We or I'm or, or do we? Or do we have somebody who's like well, let's a, look it up? I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh Mark T. Esper. Who the fuck is that? (laughs) See, exactly. I don't fucking know. All he does is shuffle them all around. So he takes one guy from something who's doing a horrible job. And then, by the way, that creates a vacancy wherever they were. And that's just filled by undersecretaries. It's just a fucking... Jim Mattis
2: retires and, and steps down on the New Year's Eve 2018. 2019, January 1st, Patrick Shanahan became the acting. Then... And he did it till June. Then on June 24th, Mark Esper took over. And then uh, from July 15th through July 23rd, Richard V. Spencer was the acting. And then they went back to Mark Esper. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's not even that he just went from Mattis to Esper. He went from Mattis to Shanahan to Esper to Spencer to Esper. (laughs) (laughs) That's just one
1: position. This is the best thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. I'm going to hire the best people, uh, such the
3: best people. God, you wouldn't believe how the best so people. Good. It is truly amazing that not only does Trump not hire the best people, he hires, It's and what are the odds? He hires lifetime Republicans who then become angry Democrats who are just biased against him within five minutes of working <laughs> with him. What are the odds? <laughs> he finds all of the shadow. I guess we have a bunch of like spy Republicans that, the Democratic Party is like infiltrated yeah. or something. Because <laughs> wouldn't you know it? They work with Trump for about, you know, a week or a month, and then they're outed as the real Democrat they were all the t- the whole time when they say, Well, this fucking idiot is a piece of yeah. shit and we yeah, can't they, do anything. They suddenly and I, come I quit, back to be basically. a secret Democrat the moment that he doesn't like him he, anymore. Yeah. He really has a way of picking the exact secret Democrats that were coincidentally lifelong Republicans. Isn't that weird? It's amazing that they make it through the incredible. Stringent vetting process that he
2: has <laughs> yeah. Yeah. without being Which found without being found out. These people are
3: masterminds. I kid you not. This is real. I mean, I've read a lot of the books of the of the Trump administration. His vetting process is: does the person look like what Trump thinks the position looks like? <laughs> not even joking. That's why he has all these generals doing everything. You look like a he looks like he sees a the general yeah. costumes, yeah, and he's like, Well, these people clearly are important. And then he just wants generals and everything because they look cool. They
1: look impressive to him. I, yeah. I, I'm surprised he doesn't like secretary of state. Isn't just like, like a hot chick in a pencil skirt. This is what secretaries <laughs> look like. All my secretaries
2: look like this. Or a guy wearing a, yeah. wearing a sandwich board of a picture of a state. So it looks like <laughs> Illinois. He's got like, he's, standing, he's like, that's a secretary of state. Maybe he just hires <laughs>
1: so many people for each position. Cause he can't, Like Uh, differentiate most from best. uh, I'm gonna hire the best people. Well, I've hired all of them. Yeah, I got like seven people
2: in that job. Pretty soon you're gonna have like you're gonna have like a like a jury summons. It's just gonna be to work in the Trump (laughs) administration. You have to call between. You got to call between four and seven to see if you're the
3: Secretary of State. (laughs) And then if you're lucky, you get the call that's like, well, you weren't picked this time. We'll see you next fascist piece of shit administration. You can you can sit out the rest of this Uh, term, and then next time we get a cartoon fucking fascist (laughs) bullshit president, (laughs) you're on the hook. We'll call you back. Uh, right. so tell us how many Uh, more jobs
2: he created. Let's do this. So
3: economic growth, yeah. Uh new unemployment claims recently hit a 49 year low. Oh with the with the with advent the, of the more advent employment, employment. jobs. Yes. Yeah. Again, I chugged the most beer, <laughs> <I> chugged, yeah. <laughs> Fucking stupid.
1: Well, it's, it's historically low and that's why we've seen the reinvention of the middle class and the crushing of of wealth disparity and and wage in a yeah.
5: Wait! God damn
1: it! That's not Wait, true no, at it's all. It's the opposite of that. Yeah, no, again, yeah. just now you're just poor. And sorry, tired. guys, I have a shift
2: at Amazon. I gotta go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, all right. I've got a job. I drive for Uber, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub. Man, I am so employed.
3: You <laughs> wouldn't believe. I know. How I love I am. And that that what you just said is not even a joke. Like that's actually not even no. I know. That's one hundred percent you have like half your audience is like, oh, that's he's me. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, that's what I me. do. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. It, yeah. it.
1: That's like I piece together the rudiments of a living wage by working like seven
2: yeah seven gig, gig, gig jobs. jobs. Yeah. yeah,
3: right. Yeah, and then when we tip those fucking services, the corporation doesn't even give it. I know, right? Money.
2: What the fuck is yeah. that? What is that? I immediately stopped using that company. I was like, fuck you! You're not giving the goddamn yeah. money to that. That's crazy. It says right on there. Yeah. Tip and the company's like, Yeah,
3: just the tip. That's yeah, what I rate you. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just a tip for how much you love the corporation. Yeah, exactly. right? We all... <laughs> wow, that's a mighty fine corporation uh, you got there. Let me hand you a five. <laughs> Is it like,
1: can you imagine like going to Best Buy and being like, I bought a TV, I just want to give Best Buy another 50 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> I really (laughs) like the deal I got. Best Buy,
3: thanks for being here. Just thanks for being you, Best Buy. Love
1: your winky face.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This one I'm genuinely curious about, which I I have a theory about. It says median household income is at highest level ever recorded. Is that just because the fucking one percent has gone up so high that the median? Well,
1: but I don't. I don't know if it's true or not. But I do know that if you don't adjust that number for inflation, it won't be meaningful. Like that oh, number of that's course. a good point. Yeah. Would be the highest. <laughs> that's
3: probably what it is. Yeah. Number, but like it should be like
1: yeah, it's all higher than in 1950, but it's not meaningfully higher.
3: Yeah. Let me rattle these off and then we'll talk about it and you'll see why I can rattle these off. You ready for this? I'm going to rattle off about six. African American unemployment has recently achieved the lowest rate ever recorded. Hispanic American unemployment is at the lowest rate ever recorded. Asian American unemployment recently achieved the lowest Two. rate ever recorded. <laughs> Women's unemployment recently reached the lowest rate in uh, six, five years. Youth unemployment. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, I catch this. Youth unemployment. We got those kids in the minds, everybody. We've also upped our child soldiers. We've got a lot more child soldiers than we used to have, too. Yeah. They're getting jobs in the military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, record number of 15-year-olds committing their first murder in the battlefield. That's uh, another. Yeah. It's one of those like, what? Youth unemployment. Uh, okay lowest unemployment rate ever recorded for Americans without a high school diploma under my administration. And I love how they slightly try to change up the wording, but they only do it for like every other one. So they're like, okay, let's make that one different than that one. And then that one will be the same sentence structure as the one we just had two ago. But anyway, this one, they switch it up under my capital A administration. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? Unemployment. Random administration (laughs) capitalization. Yeah. Under my administration, veterans unemployment recently reached its lowest rate in nearly twenty years. So that's like, what was that? Like seven unemployment, the same. Okay, wait a second.
2: Like, yeah, that's seven in a row. Yeah, all those
1: other groups reached their lowest level of unemployment for like sixty years or in recorded history. And like for the veterans, the best we can do is twenty years back. Yeah, Yeah. we're still they're still getting fucked over relative to like every other everybody
3: else. Yeah, that's your name. That's a good point. I, I mean, we're getting older. Twenty years ago was the fucking year two thousand. That was like, like yesterday, uh, like before the Iraq War. Like okay, yeah, yeah. like yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Oh, yeah. good point. Yeah, uh, that Iraq War. Wow. Um. So I was gonna say something about this. Like, okay, it is true that you know these numbers are good, or you know the one number that he's making fucking nineteen metrics <laughs> out of that are all the same thing. It's true that it's good. But it's really, I mean, we all know this. It's like fucking Obama had an old car that was just completely fucking totaled. And then it's like up on blocks in 2008. It was just not going fucking anywhere. And then he works on it. And he spends, by the way, significant political capital on it. Like the fact that Obama bailed out the economy in some ways, it cost us other things. Like he wasn't able to use that political goodwill and the numbers that we had at the time to do other shit. So he spent a lot, like he really sacrificed a lot of his you know what he could accomplish to do this, and he gets it fucking turned around. And in two years, with about, after about two years, he gets the car fucking running, and he's just cruising down the street, picking up speed. And it's and it's and all of a sudden, after six years of perfect, exact, <laughs> linear fucking progress, Trump's fat, bald ass is <laughs> plopped down in the back seat, and the car co- goes the same fucking speed for two years linearly exactly how it would have gone. And then he's like, well, I'm Mario. I'm, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest race car driver in the history of time. It's, if you look at these charts, I have a link if you guys want it, where I was kind of checking this out. It could not be yeah. more linear. Yeah. like, it's like, here's the fucking line for the last six years of Obama. That is like a fucking X, Y graph from algebra class. That's like X equals Y. Yeah. It's just straight. And then the two years, it goes exactly that same trajectory. And we're supposed to believe it's his doing. Okay, like, but to what, be fair, it is how? entirely possible
1: that didn't make it worse could be his greatest achievement in three <laughs> years, right?
3: But one thing I uh, that is just so fucking infuriating to watch is the couple times they'll cut a deal where they're like, all right, we'll give your corporation a hmm, hundred million in tax breaks to keep these jobs here. And then you're you're like congratulations, you got them to keep like a hundred thousand dollars worth of j- yeah. like one yeah, job right. here. Yeah, right. Yeah, you could have just fucking given that money to people. <laughs> you would have hired more, <laughs> yeah. or just like yeah. invented a public yeah. works job, you know, or something. That the the that we instead we like to pay out corporations insane amount of tax breaks to give us like sixty jobs, and then he plasters right. that as a headline. Right. Like I say, right. right. I
1: wonder how much more advantageous it would be if you took all the bullshit corporate tax breaks to save jobs and you did invest them in public guys. We were talking about the infrastructure.
3: Yeah. Like if you actually invested yeah. them in actual public works to fix the infrastructure. Yeah. If instead of like, I know it'd be so great. My dream for years has been some sort of, and I know I think they did this during the new deal a little bit, but just, or they definitely did. But like, what if you could just have a bunch of jobs that were just like fucking cleaning public areas, like just, a, just way more jobs and make them pay pretty well. And to anyone who wants them, their government jobs, and you just, everything would look fucking nicer in your country. Like stuff like that. Because our infrastructure and our kind of our public common areas in this country, and I'm sure you guys would know it from from traveling as well, is appallingly bad for being a first world fucking country, for being like the top economic country for so long, the economic powerhouse. It looks like shit. Our airports are terrible. It's it, There's no excuse for it. It's other than I think this Paul Ryan-esque Conservative ethos of let's not spend any money on any nice things that we all might want <laughs> yeah. to use. Instead, let's pocket the money, and that means working people pocket their fourteen cents, and rich people pocket you know. The millions thing of too money, is you know
2: basically. like like even if I just give him this and just say yeah you you let's just say the economy is up and the jobs are there right the jobs yeah. are. Our, and, yeah. and the economy, I, I don't know if the stock market's on your list there, Thomas, but, you know, the stock market clearly is the highest it's ever been. Um, but we we talk about this. We say, okay, you know, I'll give you those. But one, how you got there and how unethical you've been in office cancels all that shit out for me in the first place. But then, oh, of like, course, yeah. we, we, we aren't addressing the like the deficit, which is something that they address all the time and talk about all the time. The other side constantly can't shut up about the deficit. But when their guys in it and running it up, they don't give a shit. They're just like, whatever. And you know, like that infusion of cash is going to have some effect on the, on the markets. There's just no way that that infusion of cash that we're not getting into the government is going to have some positive effect on the market. That's
3: just, it's just true. Let me tell you this. I, you're so right. And I am, Actually, quite worried about the deficit. I don't want to go all fucking Ron Paul on you guys, but here's why I'm worried. It is true that deficits don't matter that much in certain scenarios, and especially like in 2008, 2010, when you are trying to bail out right, of your economy, right, when you're trying to right. jumpstart your economy. That is when you know, from my understanding, economists are like, "Yeah, just fucking borrow, borrow, borrow. Get you know, get cash into the market, get stuff going. That's the best way to do that." But we aren't in that scenario and we haven't been in that scenario for years. And so what you're supposed to do is when things are good, you maybe do the opposite where you're like, okay, we don't need to be borrowing so heavily. We can kind of trim that deficit, get rid of the debt a little bit when things are great so that when the next rainy day comes, you've got that room to kind of try to bail yourselves out. We've done the opposite. We have absolutely, and and you know this, I mean, fucking, and Mulvaney (laughs) was the one reporting on it, said, oh, uh, mysteriously- the the debt uh, the deficit rather is now like a trillion dollars you know it's way more than we thought whoa weird who could have predicted that cut trickle down economics has been the joke that it's been forever and that your tax uh, uh ta- tax tax uh, revenues don't go up when you cut the fuck out of taxes weird <laughs> and uh, so and and this is times at their best so growth wise we have been on an unprecedented you know length of Economic growth, of growth in the stock market, that kind of thing. That's exactly the time when we should have been doing the opposite. We should have been, you know, Bill Clinton in the '90s got rid of the budget deficit and balanced the budget uh, because things were good. That so I'm genuinely scared, and here's why I'm worried: because Democrats aren't going to fucking do that, and and I don't really blame them because all we do is Democrats get in power and Republicans go, "Oh, the deficit! Oh my god, you're spending so much money!" Never mind that Obamacare was completely yeah. paid for. Yeah, it was completely fucking paid for. Never mind that. They'll still say all these things. So I think Democrats have probably learned from the lesson and are going to in 2020, if if they win, are going to be like, well, fuck you. We're not listening to this again. We're going to pass whatever the fuck we want. And I worry that genuinely, our national debt could just the interest Gets will get so high, extreme yeah. that it's going to have a we're severe effect. We're paying interest on only things, loans. <laughs> interest only loans. Yeah, we're out. gonna. The government's gonna yeah. be like, "Can we get a payday loan? Yeah. <laughs> I need. I just need to get through to the end of the week." Well, all these solutions
1: are short-term solutions. Like the 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 the, the tax cut is a short-term solution. All of this uh, impulse um, impetus into the economy is. And, and the, the the Fed cutting rates, et cetera, all of that is short-term stuff that, like, balances the economy on a knife's edge, I think, to try to stave off the inevitable recession until after the 2020 election. Then once yeah. that election is here, then you got to pay your bill. But at that point, you've already secured the election. So you're already in power for the next four years. Oh, God.
2: Think of how bad you're going to fuck the economy up for four straight years, too, if
1: you like that. I I can't—I really can't see any way out of this because you can't—it's like like maxing out all your credit cards. It works for six months, right? Like, while you're—until you achieve all your spending limits, and then at some point you run out of buying power, and you're like, all right, well— well,
2: what next? And it's just like, there's no more next. Time to You're, call you have Peter no Francis work. Geraci and right. bankruptcy tapes or whatever. Get your bankruptcy <laughs> and,
3: info tapes. Yeah, I totally agree. And and also, I think, look, f- what is the fucking economy? Step one, what is the economy? <laughs> it's a complicated thing. The stock market is not the economy. No, um, no. And it doesn't no. mean that everybody, and I think a lot of what's propping it up Is And I'll give I'll give Trump this. I think there's like three categories of achievement. There's this is fucking bullshit and you did nothing. That's and that's most of them. That's that's like 98 percent of his accomplishment, quote unquote accomplishments is that's not real. You're taking credit for something that would have happened anyway or just nothing. Then there's there's stuff that he actually did that you would want him to do like, oh, I accomplished this and everybody recognizes that's great. I don't, can't think of anything, you know, like maybe al-Baghdadi, I guess, like would be something where everyone's like, all right, I guess. What about the criminal justice dead.
1: reform? That's not you. That's not totally nothing. Say that again?
3: Criminal justice reform.
1: Oh, yeah. There's some criminal justice reform that you got to give credit for.
3: Yeah. That's on the, that's on the, yes, he signed it, but he did nothing to write it or to had any no involvement. Like at this term. point, I'm like, he didn't refuse to sign yeah. it. No, that's true. I, and honestly, well, like I, you have to, as president, you, you got to say that about him. I, yeah. I think, um, you do get credit for signing the legislation and he did. And that's, that's great that he did that. So that, that, I guess that would be like one or two things in that category. And then there's things he accomplished that yes, he actually did them, but they're fucking evil or stupid and you wouldn't want him to do that. And there aren't that many, because again, he doesn't accomplish stuff. He's a fucking idiot, but there are a few. And one of the, the biggest one I would say would be uh, taking over the federal judiciary. And, he recognized this is the the smartest Trump has ever been ever and will ever be in his life was recognizing that he needed to do this. And like uh, when he became the candidate uh, you know, after the primary he got together those fucking federalist society ghouls and was like, all right, give me a, <laughs> literally give me a list. This has never happened yeah, before, no. by the yeah. way, in our history, he yeah. was like, give me a list of who you want. Some, f- the federalist society, uh, 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 this isn't, a government group. This is a club for originalist LARPers that love, you know, <laughs> like Original they love the, LARPers. Oh, it's, it, it's, cruel. It, it's cruel and unusual. Well, it's cruel, but is it cruel and unusual? <laughs> so, they're, you know, like all that bullshit yeah. that they, uh, Scalia, like did to fucking ruin our country. They love that. He got them to give him a list and then he publishes it of like, here's my list of candidates. And that's never happened before. The idea that some outside group is functionally you've just given control of one of you, the biggest powers of the presidency to this group. Now, we kind of knew that was always happening in private, <laughs> but it was amazing to just openly be like, yep, here's my list. And that was the smartest thing he ever fucking did. And uh, allowing the evil, amazing fucking evil geniuses of McConnell and some other people. Uh, and Don McGann actually is a big part of this. I was watching a program on that the other day. Um to just completely take over putting in the most backwards fucking fundamentalist judges and uh, pair that with the fact that McConnell had done the reverse of it, which is not allow Obama to put in anybody for years. And then... That's the greatest accomplishment of his presidency. And it's going to be with us for 30 to 40 years. Oh, yeah.
2: These people are, yeah, they are, they're their appointments. These are appointments and they're going to stay forever. Yeah. Yep. They're going to stay we're forever. Fucked, yeah. like forever yeah. on that. There's a lot of lower courts now that have people from him, and then the highest court in the land yeah. is now, because of him, yeah. it's it's now more conservative than when he took office by far. Yep. Um, you know, and it's and it's and he was gonna get that seat anyway, right? He was gonna get Scalia's seat anyway, but then a quasi. Middle of the road uh-huh. judge steps down, and then he replaces him with Brett Kavanaugh. So you know you just have a you uh, you have a far more conservative court now than you ever did before.
3: Only other thing I wanted to do on his actual accomplishments is it is true that if you fucking raid the treasury and hand it out to all the richest people in the 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 worst tax bill fucking ever. I mean this this tax bill has made it. I'm sure you saw that graphic that went viral the other week. Uh, or sorry, we're in the future here. The other month, um, last month, uh, last, month. It, it, last month, it's, it was it's viral. now that the richest of the rich are paying less in taxes than us as a percentage yeah. of their income for the first oh, time, nice. in, like ever. And cool. it's true that if you do that, then rich people will be excited. It is true that you, <laughs> you make, rich, and so like some of these accomplishments are like, oh, uh, manufacturers are very excited about the economy. Yeah, yeah. Rich people are very excited. They would be very yeah. excited when you hand them yeah. this massive tax cut. And personally, <laughs> I suspect that the market is very dependent on that. And I feel like we could be in for quite a severe crash if a Democrat yeah. is elected. Yeah. yeah. Because I yeah. think it, like you've said, I think it's it's sort of running on borrowed time a lot. Yeah. And then the minute rich people are like, oh, fuck, I might have to pay some of my billions and then they'll, they'll pull all their money out of everything and we'll have a huge crash. and It'll be a whole mess. Uh, so nice. that's my predict- happy prediction, but uh, yeah, there Exciting. you go. There's, there's. I think those are his Yay. real two accomplishments. That if you are a fan of those things, well, then yeah, he's the fucking greatest. But uh, they're evil, and I don't like them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So, Thomas, um, your shows are clearly going great. I mean, you, uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention to you about opening arguments is, is I'll see podcast threads on my feed, my Facebook feed. And uh, people I know have never listened to my show <laughs> and I don't know at all will be posting on there and saying opening arguments. So I'm seeing it everywhere. It's nice. really great. It looks like you guys are really killing it. And then your other shows are a lot of fun. Um, if not as popular
3: as Opening Arguments. <laughs> fair, um, fair. Uh, I like it. But, uh, I like the comp the salt there. No, also, yeah. we, have a, we have a patron on OA every, every week we read that says, uh, Cognitive Dissonance is my favorite podcast and Opening Arguments is a close second. So it goes, <laughs> it goes both ways. We got
2: a guy. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> hey, it's a big patron I'll too. Guy. So that's good. Uh, that's a value. Thanks, you want that guy. one. That's a value. Uh,
3: yeah, good stuff. <laughs> so
2: Thomas, if people are going to find you on the internet to uh, listen to all of your uh, myriad of shows, where would they go?
3: Yeah. Uh, any, you know, podcasty thing you use, uh, I will say this since I've come back, you know, I don't remember the last time we did this, but, uh, I've taken on a co-host on serious inquiries only Jamie Lombardi. She's a philosopher and, uh, she's, she's probably, she's a Bernie bro. It's funny. She, <laughs> we disagree on some stuff, but we, uh, we agree on a lot and uh, that's made that show a lot of fun. I, I hope if anybody hasn't checked it out in a while, maybe check out, the the new format with Jamie um i think it it flows a lot better it's a, it's a ton of fun over there so check out serious inquiries only if you'd like to to hear more politics talk uh opening arguments of course i is in my opinion the best resource for really knowing what's going on in the news um and that's that's as a listener like i'm not the i'm not the fucking expert that's andrew uh i really <laughs> do think it is just the best way to know what's going on it's just uh andrew does such a good job and uh i got philosophers in space which is a fun you know Nerd-related show that <laughs> that takes uh, your favorite sci-fi and uh, talks about the philosophy that underpins it. So that's another fun one. So thanks for giving me the chance to uh, plug all my million podcasts. And uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming yeah, man, on, Thomas. It a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate it.
6: Well, it's time again uh, for Vulgarity for Charity this week. The, they talk about um, some uh, somewhat I haven't listened to it yet but I will there's it's just a lot of shows and podcasts I've watched Mandalorian that's pretty good uh, so th- please continue to donate uh, at c- citationpod.com slash vulgarity hyphen uh, for hyphen charity and also you can use just vulgarity for charity or v- VFC. Or V, the number four, C on Dissonance Pod and on Citation Pod, it all goes to the same uh, place. But uh, be sure to d- donate, please, because it, it makes us look good. Like we're you know not a bunch of assholes or something well i guess we are but like in a good way um we currently uh raised
7: $77,161.49. and
6: that's amazing and uh, not that's uh, it's not pre-recorded i just that's my speaking voice it's no it isn't so uh, thank you uh, bye
2: this month the citation needed crew has been hard at work on roasts and since these are recorded early i really have no idea where we are in the fundraising so ian Tell us where we're at.
6: Okay, I guess I should have listened first. Um, We are at
7: $77,161.49. Thank you,
6: everyone. All
2: right, well, it's time to bring on another amazing atheist duo and their event planner, Heath, Noah, and Eli. Guys, welcome to the show.
8: (laughs) To be fair, if I let them buy their own
2: plane tickets... Heath doesn't, and Noah takes a bus. So I just want <laughs> to... Okay, Noah, this first one has your name all over it. Mary recently had to put her cat Sig down, mm-hmm. and uh, she'd like a roast for cat cancer, or anyone
9: who believes in a god that would give cats cancer. First rule of comedy, man. If if you can't <laughs> open on feline leukemia, you do open on feline leukemia. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, first of all, Mary, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. If anybody can sympathize with loving a cat more than all the other humans put together, I'm your guy. Uh, you put a cat as a survival of the human race in the ocean, and I am definitely pulling that kitty into my life raft. They hate being wet. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> if ever there was an entity that deserved to be incarnated as his own son and then tortured to death as an audience laughed that would be the author of cat cancer he would certainly be my top contender <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh oh. and speaking of cancers uh, Christine would like a roast of Paul Ryan Cecil you want to take this one <laughs> <laughs> Paul Ryan
2: looks like Pinocchio didn't wish on a star but instead made a wish on a t-shirt gun that shout out stacks of $100 bills but only if it was pointed at the ultra wealthy <laughs> (laughs) He was so sick of implementing shitty Republican policy that he quit his job and joined Fox, the Fox News board so he could do it from a better office. (laughs) This is the, this is the only guy in the world that, that will stay cancer free because cancer is too embarrassed to be seen. (laughs) That's good. Cancer can't run a marathon in four Uh, minutes. That's why. (laughs) Okay. How about a roast for Amber of bigoted fiber artist sock Okay, yeah. So, first of all,
5: fiber artist means I make stuff with yarn. Oh, Jesus. That's what that means. So, that's great. Like, make stuff with yarn. That's fantastic. But just, you know, fucking relax with the title. <laughs> and that's coming from a master of syllabic engineering dynamics right here. <laughs> at this podcast Also, you're not a model either. You sell socks on Etsy that you (laughs) made. You're the model for your socks on Etsy. (laughs) And you look like Taxi
2: Driver was about a Civil War veteran instead of a Vietnam
5: veteran. (laughs) He does.
2: (laughs) Indeed he does. Okay, Eli. Nick would like some of that signature sauce for his coworker, fucking Kevin. Have at him. Fucking Kevin.
8: (laughs) Kevin looks like if Gomer Pyle hadn't had the good sense to end it. What? Yeah.
5: And as Jeez. Nick pointed tribal? out pile? Did, private pile, did, yeah. Did, did, okay. uh, and as Nick There's pointed out, There's a it, Gomer yeah. pile, but that never mind. Let him let him this will work itself back into something soon. It'll be fine. Thank you.
8: And as Nick pointed out, Kevin went to the arc park for his honeymoon. Oh no! Oh, God. What? Amazing. What could be more romantic than a landlocked? Tax drain that has a single broom to explain away the several tons of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Then again, you know what, Kevin? The Ark Park is kind of like you. It's stiff, immovable, and only there because the South doesn't believe in abortion. So I can see why you have a connection.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I get it. All right, Tom. Tim gave us two (laughs) hundred whopping smackeroonies for you to insult his friend Jerry.
1: Tim. Buddy, sometimes friendships fade, and when that happens, sometimes that can be really sad, but uh, this isn't one of those times. Seriously, I know Jerry <laughs> used to be your buddy, but like, let's face it, Jerry is used up. He's refused, Tim. Jerry is worn down and worn out, and there's very clearly nothing left in him, no spark of life. There's nothing left anymore there to be friends with. You're not missing anything because there's nothing left in him but a series of reactions. He's an automaton, a husk, a shell. He is a discarded man, Tim. He is the gleaming white man belly of every lawn mowing, beard drinking dipshit whose eventual heart attack is mourned by his wife only in
5: insurance payouts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not me, the wife at the end. Got it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right, last year, <laughs> last year, Alex, who is blind, asked Heath to roast his guide dog, Cosby. And this year, Alex wants a roast of himself. So, Heath, it's all you, buddy. All right. So, uh, Alex tried to send a picture with him and Cosby. He tried. It
5: did not go well. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. In the email, he actually says, yes, before you ask, I took the shot myself. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's aware of this. In the photo, I can see Alex. Um, just wanted to brag for a second. I can see him, (laughs) unlike Alex has ever done.
9: Um, And (laughs) we'll go into Alex's appearance
5: in a second. But Cosby is just barely in the frame. He is in the picture, but just like a tiny little slice. And Cosby is very clearly making the angry guide dog signal for, Dude, just let me hold the fucking camera. What are you doing? You're an idiot. (laughs) God damn it. All right, everybody raise your paw if you have sight. Just me? Great. Let me give it a (laughs) camera. And circling back to Alex, um, let me try to put this in terms Alex can understand. Alex, you look like the Greek economy smells. Do you, know what that, do you know what that is? You look like a gas station hot dog tastes. Like That one that's been on that roller thing for weeks and you know because you marked it. You look like what it feels like to touch the face of an ugly person. Does that oh, help? you know when you touch an ugly person with your hands on the face? You look like that feels and seriously you look like David Silverman on chemo. So well, maybe change your maybe change your fucking
2: dog's name from Cosby at this point. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, Eli, I got one for you. Andrew gave us 250 bucks for you to give his sister's fiance the tongue lashing he deserves. Okay, I. Don't understand why Andrew did this.
8: Like, isn't it mean enough that your sister is only marrying him for his make-a-wish? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen a couple less fit for each other since the rapper T.I. and the 21st Century. <laughs> she is a lovely dark-haired woman, and Andrew's soon-to-be brother-in-law looks like Griffin McElroy dipped his face into bees. Bees? Like, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe he's got a just a huge, thick personality, Andrew. Maybe he's got a really goofy personality. <laughs> Alright, Cecil, this one is for you and Heath. All right. Then gave us 220 bucks for you both to roast Dr.
2: Richard Garfield, <laughs> the creator of Magic the Gathering. Fantastic. Okay, great. Look, Rich, I get it, but you had to create something you could tap. Why not invent the flashlight, though, you're going to go over there?
5: <laughs> yeah, and uh, congrats on being the world's number one manufacturer of Incels since 1993 It's right. good stuff. You've prevented more ugly people from having sex than the bartender turning the lights on at the end of the night. It's impressive. <laughs> you invented cardboard
2: eugenics. Wow. That's such a good one. No uh, Cindy would like you to roast her brother Mark.
9: Okay, all right. So I know you guys all think I'm gonna talk about what an animated dildoy looks like because <laughs> When you're gifted with such cartoonish bad guy grotesqueries in terms of physical appearance, it's, it's a bit of a layup. But I'm going to set aside how penis like his overall form is because he also gifted me with a penis like personality to go into. Uh, he says Cindy is selfish for not having kids. He chastises her for loving her pets too much, and he's the kind of asshole that gets mad at other people for using words he doesn't know. (laughs) Like, she said the word anachronistic around him, and he accused her of intentionally making him feel stupid. Dude, (laughs) if you are ever not feeling stupid, that was an oversight on your part.
4: (laughs) You should have already
9: been doing that before she even started talking. But if you must know, anachronistic means you and everything your patriarchal bullshit represents. <laughs> See? Okay, Tom, why don't Learning you in
2: here today? Yeah, it's kind of chronistic too. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, why don't you wrap up our special request section with a roast of William's ex-wife Jody? All right. Well, a woman like Jody is actually always an ex. This
1: is always something discarded, rejected. She is a moment in someone's history they regret and always will be. Jodi is the kind of woman who cycles through the lives of people that later look back at their time with her and shake their head thinking, huh, that was a bad time in my life. Jodi is a bad time in life. Jody is benchmark bad, as in, yeah, that girl is bad, but not like Jody bad. <laughs> Jodi is not the new low. She's the same low. She's the bar everyone you've ever hated still managed to crawl over except Jody. <laughs> Nobody will ever... Choose Jody. Nobody will keep her and hug her tight to them. Grateful just to have her. Jody will always be used and discarded because she is a disposable person. Oh, Jesus Christ! Excellent.
2: <laughs> okay, gents. The roasts are flowing in ever faster, and we've got to keep our head above water. So you know what that means? Ooh, you never should have laughed at me for wearing water wings in the studio. No, it means it's time for another. Lightning roll. Big thanks to Michael, Mary, Kevin, Jason, Jacob, and Jack for their donations. Once again, we'll be taking on the bottom of the political barrel this week, but it's not like these folks had much choice. For this spiting round, tell us what job they should have gone for instead and why. Okay, so the first one is Heath. Do um, Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer. Okay, he followed in the footsteps of Michelle Bachman. So,
5: uh, Tom, I guess you should have been learning to be a minstrel who walks behind a woman who genuinely believes she's a witch and tries to cast spells. <laughs> and then, you know, you sing limericks about the grunty nothing that just happened right after she does that. <laughs> uh, that kind of works for being a Republican in Congress, too, I guess. So that's fun. <laughs> Speaking of which, also practice up on being a fossil. That's a good one for you. Maybe lay down still and... Let plant resin slowly
9: envelop your body and turn into amber. <laughs> Noah, uh, Barnaby Joyce. Oh, well, with a name like that, he should have been a, a puppet that showed up in a window every fourth or fifth episode to tell the kids about how important it is to share. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I looked into this guy. Given his marital situation, that would only work if it was a kid's show themed around wife swapping. So maybe, nice. I don't know, maybe in Australia, I don't know. All right,
2: Stephen Palapalooza Palazzo? Uh ooh, uh face
8: transplanter for little Dutch boys. Like like if a little Dutch boy gets attacked by a monkey, Steven Palazzo will have had a purpose in life. Like that shit's gonna click in like a Lego. Otherwise, not so much though. Not so much.
1: Hey, Tom Louis Gomert. Louis Gomert would have made an excellent squirrel hunting guide dog would have made a better dog he would have excelled at being a popeyes cashier right now or the assistant to the head of accounting for the kkk
2: all viable options (laughs) okay he kind of looks like popeye he does (laughs) i'll take ron johnson ron johnson well i mean with how well you clean up their with how well you clean up after Trump, I'm going to go with rim job. <laughs> I'm actually surprised you left omni consumer products after inventing Ed 209. <laughs> but the cool thing is with your new job, you can make sure we can all purchase a death dealing killbot without a pesky background check. <laughs> Amazing. And finally, Heath, a controversial challenge has been put to you. Liz Warren.
5: Absolutely not. Nope. Huh? Oh, he, he, no, he no. here. We we're roast
2: not, all comers here on
5: vulgarity for charity. So get to it. <sighs> Fine. Fine. This is under protest though. Not nobody keep doing this. I'm not doing more of these. Okay. Uh, Liz Warren looks like Jane Jetson fucked Ann Taylor in a loft.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> we all knew you could
2: do it, buddy. We believed leave. I love in you, year. Bailey and Liz. You know, hear it puzzle in a glory hole productions. That's not real. Eli, Mm. don't write that. uh, Don't do that. Don't don't presume. We get asked if there are any legal consequences to the things that we say and do here on Vulgarity for Charity, and the answer is... We sure hope not, which is why this year we've invited the two hosts of the Opening Arguments podcast, the home of one of the finest legal minds in podcasting, and the guy who called dibs, and I don't know which is which, Andrew and Thomas. Thanks for joining us, guys.
7: (laughs) Well, Cecil, you know, the script says happy to be here, but I've I've read the script, so really it's more like I'm contractually obligated to be here. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Uh, Yes, you are. Let me put my reading glasses on. A uh, pleasure <laughs> <laughs> wait crashing it wait were you guys here th- this whole time no we had a full 20 minute conversation before the recording does not ring a bell Don't. fun you know i missed this guys i've missed yes. this this is great <laughs> so did we
2: okay first up we've got a request to roast andrew by alan who was one of the very first donors and gave us a puzzlingly awesome donation of four hundred and sixty six dollars and forty cents thank you (laughs) okay take it
5: away (laughs) heath all right uh andrew looks like he was created by don draper as a character to sell candy cigarettes (laughs) Uh,
8: i have never met a nicer person who looks so much like a lascivious duke if you remade robin hood with andrew robin of Loxley would have to stop him from boring Maid Marion to death about the emoluments clause, but it wouldn't work. I'm saying it would work.
2: But also thank you for helping me buy my house and things. Also (laughs) The (laughs) only way I can deal with Andrew is how Andrew deals with the rest of the world. Blackout drunk. I just have to say, Andrew, as a chef, you are an amazing lawyer. An amazing lawyer. Amazing. Harvard Law. Uh, Harvard Law.
9: Andrew, that hurts the most so far. Everyone else kind of pulled their punches (laughs) here. Tom's ain't gone yet. Tom ain't gone yet. So uh, Now, I will say, though, with Andrew's education, intelligence, and determination. He could have been anything, but he chose not to be. He chose not to be. <laughs> that's, that's
2: okay. So okay. That's weird. a one-up,
3: I think. Oh. I think All right, look. Andrew is the smartest guy in the world, except for one thing. We're something like 330 episodes in opening arguments, and he still has no idea the bullet point to time ratio in his own fucking notes. Like, like, All right, uh, Let's do a quick A segment here on the history of the Hyde Amendment. We're going to start with the Fifth Amendment case law, 1780 through uh, 1855. But for that, we're going to need to cover Federalist Papers, 43, 47, 68, 92. And yet, you really can't understand those without talking about James Madison's time in the Virginia House of Delegates, and for that matter, the <laughs> Shays Rebellion <were batting> <laughs> of 1786. So that would be the first uh, 11 minutes, and then we can really get into it in the B segment. And I'm just Aww. like, Andrew, you just used half the episode explaining all that. We don't even have,
4: there's no time left. <laughs> oh,
3: just like your regular episode, I stopped
2: listening halfway through. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <explaining>, uh, <laughs> all
1: right. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: pre-apologizing.
5: That's not a good sign. Usually they're not here. Uh, Andrew
1: is a guy who smiles all the time because inside he hates himself almost as much as he despises everyone else. (laughs) Andrew is actually a guy who is always the smartest one in the room. And cries at night now because that race is over and it doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Andrew is nice to people because he has to be because he's afraid that if he were to tell everyone how disappointed he is to be standing next to them as if they were equals, he would be the outcast. (laughs) But he's not their equal, and that otherness is soul-crushingly lonely. Andrew laughs too loud so no one can hear him screaming.
8: (laughs) 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 It's so mean.
7: It's so mean. Is, uh, is he always that mean, or does Tom genuinely hate it me? It can be both. That's not... I'm, <laughs> I'm quite hard hard that was positive.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of the more positive ones, Tom. Don't worry, though. Eli, Dennis would like a roast of him and Thomas for his score on Thomas Takes the Bar Exam.
8: Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> it's actually pretty easy, because you both are unfairly attractive and make this hard, but... I don't want Thomas to defeat my wife in an MMA battle, so I'll do my best. Let's see. Uh, Dennis (laughs) looks like he's about to star in a commercial for Blue Moon and boats that he stole. (laughs) Dennis, I don't know if you're a cop, but you super look like a cop. You look so much like a cop. Your wife made you show her your dick before she agreed to a joint checking account. (laughs) Um, And as for Thomas and your score on TTBE, I get it. You're distracted. Sure, we who listen to opening arguments get to sit back and take our time, muddle through the questions on our own, but you got to answer in the moment, all while hoping that Brian edits out that sneeze from two minutes ago. It's a lot of pressure. We get it.
5: And he's not going to do that. (laughs) He's not
8: going to do that. No. But if I can give some advice, you should approach TTBE the way... I approach diets. You should cheat.
3: And when you do, that's how you'll know you're ready to be a lawyer, Thomas. <laughs> Is that the unspoken uh, message behind the bar that I, I will never get to because I won't ever cheat? Andrew's been waiting this <laughs> yeah. whole time to just be like, finally, you figured it out. But he's had to come up with questions. to keep coming up with them because I haven't figured that out yet. Okay, I get it. That's right.
2: Yeah. All right, Andrew, here's your chance to uh, show off your stuff. Elon gave us 150 bucks to have you roast Rudy Giuliani, so have at it. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Okay.
7: Uh, well, thanks, thanks, Elon. That's that's kind of low hanging fruit. But um, uh, before I start, I've of course had to sit down and read the rules of professional conduct, which unfortunately. Allow a court to sanction a lawyer for, quote, insulting behavior, end of quote. So, and and I am not making this up. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has some guidance for me as to what I can and cannot say about another attorney. This is, and again, this is a real case I am really quoting from the Fifth Circuit. I cannot call him a stooge, a puppet, incompetent, or inept. I can't. I definitely can't mock him for graduating from a 29th tier law school. I can't call him a scoundrel, a washed up has been, or human garbage. And, and I cannot stress this highly enough, this is a real case. I am definitely not allowed to describe Rudy Giuliani as, quote, a weak pussy footing asshole who has been dead mentally for 10 years. So, uh,. Thanks to the Fifth Circuit for doing my job for me. And uh, back to you, Cecil. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Thomas, I got one for you. Michelle gave us 50 bucks
2: and asked that you roast Eli and Anna Bosnick for horning in on you and Heath's romantic vacations to France and California wine country. Thank oh, you. Finally, someone Michelle, said it. Geez, oh, Heath, someone, someone said it. So it's-
3: you two, And you too. And you're- We time, don't have to pretend anymore. Love. It's out now. Oh, I thank God. That's such a relief. I know. Uh, Oh, man. You know, I will say this. Heath is... What was that? Did you say something back? Heath is the... the, the <laughs>
5: <laughs> no?
3: Or
5: are you just going to go, ahead with, roast? No, go ahead with the road? No, go ahead with the road. That's great. That's, the, great. That's great. No, We had a great time. Yeah, it the Skype audio.
3: Definitely. Heath is the best boyfriend I've ever had. And yet, every Thank time you. I come on GAM, he mysteriously vanishes. And I just want to say, ladies, is this the best men can do? Is this the best men can do? <laughs> the answer is no. yes, and I will take it. That's actually (laughs) the best I can do. Oh, but I was supposed to roast the Bosnics. Well, if you want a designated driver who won't do any drinking and yet will still be just as dangerous <laughs> behind the wheel it's as a drunk That's person, a true Have I got <laughs> an Eli? <laughs> this is for true. A year? <laughs> and then Anna's got the backseat driving covered. So the whole Bosnick driving experience is just pure, pure animal chaos. It's like, have you seen the movie <laughs> Event Horizon? <laughs> it's actually, they channel a the portal into a car with both objects in it. Yeah. And that's what that's based off of, actually. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, I've got uh, one for both of you now. Zachary gave us 500 bucks and requested you guys roast Z- Jack Butterfingers Danilicki and Richard
7: Bandon Boston Senate. Jack Danalicky's nickname is Butterfingers, not because his fingers Accidentally slipped on the pepper spray 18 times. Uh, but <laughs> because sugar and peanut butter literally make up half of his body mass. His blood type <laughs> is extra crunchy. Uh, and 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 you know, I am not going to go with the obvious closeted gay Republican gag for Dick Sinat because, you know, I kind of feel sorry for him on that. But I'll tell you what I don't feel sorry for. Dick is a tin pot dictator, a tiny little pinprick of a hangnail of a man who talks tough in the repurposed interior conference room from 1974 that they call his courthouse because he's got a guy with a gun will do whatever Dick tells him to do, at least for now. But I got news for you, Dick. After holding a lawyer in contempt for reading the fucking law at you, the Massachusetts <laughs> Commission on Judicial Conduct is about to make sure pretty soon that you're going to be on the other end of that gun. <laughs> Holy, <that's cool>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well done, indeed. Now, as I recall, last year you gave a proper tongue lashing to third-party non-voters. Uh-huh. Well, Jeff and Sam each donated for a repeat
3: performance, so let it fly, guys. Third-party voters. All right, look, I get it. You're 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 still doing part of the process. I get it. you have the right. You have the right. Yes, you 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 have the right to vote for somebody. Hey, you don't think the main two candidates line up? So you're you're voting for a third-party candidate because they're more in line. With what you believe. I get it, but I, what I wanna know is why do you stop there? Why not write in uh, your own name? Just vote for yourself. Like you're the only one who agrees with you 100%. And then in the back, and then I'm sure you're responding, well, but Thomas, I don't have any chance of winning. Yeah, no, that's your third party candidate. <laughs> it's equal, equal chance. You and the third party candidate, equal chances, mathematically. Aww. Within <laughs> <Amazing>. rounding,
7: <laughs> <Amazing. laughs> ah, non-voters. True. You know, Douglas Adams once described the New Zealand kakapo as a delightful, extremely fat little bird that is so <laughs> stupid it has not only forgotten how to fly. But it's forgotten that it's forgotten how to fly, right? So, so the kakapo gets all agitated and mad, and what it will do is the fat little kakapo will run up a tree and jump out of it, hurtling itself to the ground with all the grace of a brick, often injuring or killing itself in the process. This is why the kakapo is nearly extinct. So listen up, non-voters. You're the fucking cockapo. <laughs> and if you stay home in 2020 because your precious little snowflake of a candidate doesn't make it out of the primary because the DNC is rigged, I hope you move to New Zealand and throw yourself off a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I've become nearly
2: extinct. So uh, Neil kicked in an extra of 580 bucks and Beth kicked in an extra 50. So mm. why don't we all have at the non voting Democrats slash non voters? Heath, you're first. Okay, non-voters, you guys are the monopoly
5: board flippers of our political reality. Like, yeah, yes. not voting, it's like walking into the Oval Office, setting up a monopoly board very slowly, and then flipping it over and walking right out. Except, just way lazier, it's like thinking about doing that. <laughs> That's how effective you are. You're flipping the monopoly board and having a tantrum, and a bunch of Nazis are marching past being like, hey, look. That stupid kid just flipped a Monopoly board. That's funny. Okay, time for some more Nazi
9: stuff. We're in power. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. Like, what could I say to you people that you haven't heard before except maybe the name of your congressman? (laughs) (laughs) I know you think that you're fooling us by wrapping your apathetic laziness as some kind of principled stand, but even if it was, even if that was genuine, you would just graduate from lazy asshole to stupid asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be the Jackass on a sinking boat who refused to touch a single bucket until we could all agree on whether this disaster should be blamed on the hydrogen or the oxygen.
8: <laughs> Gosh, this is such a hard group to roast because you know they're so diverse. I can't imagine how. Oh wait, no, they're not. You are between eighteen and twenty nine. You're male. You didn't go to college. And when polled, you hate women, the media, and women. But you get to do the math makes you. Twitter. You're You're the human versions of Twitter. And just like the social media platform you emulate, I have given you up. And soon enough, so will everyone else.
1: You know what? Fuck it, guys. Don't vote. Don't even choose things Just be a stupid fucking leaf on the wind Let the course (laughs) of the world blow you And everyone you know around at its fucking whim That's a great plan A great plan to be of no effect To choose the path of least resistance Even as Rome burns Great call not to bother making a call You fucking cowards Afraid to even have the guts to pick things Or to have succumbed so totally To your own self-indulgent pity party ennui That you can't even be bothered can't be bothered. What the fuck else do you do that's so fucking important that once a year you can't take 15 minutes of your precious time? Nothing. You aren't important and you're making sure that you are never
3: fucking important. (laughs) You know, Can I just say, though, that if you were otherwise going to vote for Trump, non-voting is awesome. Everyone who doesn't vote has the biggest swinging dick. You're so amazing. Go third party. (laughs) Go
2: third party. That's awesome. I love third
3: party voters. GaryJohnson.com. Check it out.
2: Okay, next one is in the name of good old-fashioned podcast feud here. Oh, great. Those always go real well for us. You bet. Mm. Well... Well, I have a feeling this guy has a better sense of humor than the last three. Uh, the Way <laughs> One of the Boy did, no. donated $400 for us to roast Thomas's co-host on Philosophers in Space, Aaron Robbie. So, Thomas, why don't you go first?
3: I, my favorite thing about Aaron is when he watches stuff, so we watch, you know, we watch sci-fi in there, we watch shitty movies and sci-fi and all this fantasy stuff, and when he watches stuff, he's like Neo at the end of The Matrix, but instead of just humans and acting and stuff, the, You know, the little code he sees is just themes. So, like, we'll watch some shit where, like, some guy's wearing a horrible, you know, lizard costume and the mask has fallen off and the tail's duct taped on. I'm like, Aaron, this sucks, right? Like, you know, this sucks. He's like, no, 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 because that guy represents the philosophical stance of this, such and such, which is conflicted with the other character that represents the other stance of it. I'm like, yeah, but it sucks. Like you see that it sucks, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh he looks like he's super pleasant and helpful with the
5: cops at the beginning of SVU. He looks like everybody <laughs> does that.
7: looks like yep. Seth Green's cuck double.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ouch.
7: Uh, uh, unlike Heath, I have nothing bad to say about Aaron, and that is completely unrelated to the fact that he might be the largest customer of my most important client, Amalgamated Mustache and Beard Oil LLC. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, Aaron, I hate to do this, but you're mispronouncing Nietzsche. Uh, as a philosophy grad myself, I can say with 100% certainty it's pronounced
9: Do you want a booth or a table? <laughs> 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 All right. Well, but to be fair, you're either mispronouncing Nietzsche or you're pronouncing it like an asshole unless you're Aaron, in which case you somehow manage both. (laughs) It's an impressive feat, bro. Yeah. Aaron Robbie is
8: the worst undercover Jew I have ever seen. (laughs) Take it from me. Aaron, you can believe in as few gods as you want. They're still loading us on the train first. The extra b <laughs> <win. laughs> All
1: right. Aaron is a lot smarter than I am, and <laughs> look where it's gotten him.
4: Seriously, <laughs> I, spoke with- <laughs>
1: I spoke with Aaron, and I needed a translator and a stiff drink to get through the conversation. Aaron is one of those serious, sober guys that everyone invites to the party to add gravitas, but then avoids because he added too much gravitas.
2: (laughs) Okay, last one here. This is for you, Andrew. Elijah would like a roast of anarcho-capitalism or libertarianism.
7: I I have to reach deep for this one, yeah. Libertarianism, that's the (laughs) ideology you get stuck with if you get last choice from among the entire universe of ideologies, right? I mean, you you know you're not getting a good one or anything, but you can hear the audible sigh and damn it when the two guys in front of you pick cannibalism and preaching Vegan, right? <laughs> but hey, I got picked after Eli. <laughs> it's fitting because pretty much every libertarian I've ever met was also picked dead last for every single competitive event ever before heading home to alternatively sob into and masturbate to their strangely soggy copy of The Fountainhead. Well, I got news for you, Mister Libertarian, and and they're all Mister, right? You know who else thinks they're Howard. Donald fucking Trump. But hey, you're probably dumb enough to think that's a compliment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, our last roast before we send you back to just below Ben Shapiro on the iTunes charts. Hey, hey, not always. <laughs> Emma donated 50 bucks and would like Noah to compliment Thomas. P.S. No cheating by using his adorable babies. <laughs>
9: Hold on. What if I double her donation, though? I could double I roasted Elizabeth Warren, and she could be listening. She could be listening right now. Mm, could she? Is
5: that really? It's physically possible that she's, she has ears.
2: <laughs> Liz is a huge fan of the glory hole. Come on, Thomas. <laughs> she's <laughs> listening.
9: Anyway, go ahead, Noah. Come on. Alright, fine. Thomas has an enormous penis, right? Like, if you dug up... <laughs> the LHC, he could use that thing as a cock ring. It gives the line at the DMV length envy. It's so intimidating that when he gets into a cold pool, the water shrinks. <laughs> Those are great, but I think you're just recycling
2: compliments used for patrons on Scathing Atheists, right? right yeah, but I'm using good ones. So. I mean, they're good, but I think I'm going to deserve something genuine.
9: <sighs> Fine. Okay. Okay. Legitimately. Thomas isn't just willing to change his mind. He's eager to, which is great because he's wrong about a ton of shit. But <laughs> I, I know this is, this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment. So bear with me to the end here. Thomas actually hes one of the few people that I know that knows his intellectual limitations, pushes up against them and still recognizes them. And that's really hard to do when you're as smart as Thomas is.
3: Oh no, that's really nice. I I, I got to
9: say, I- but and- despite all that, you're terrible at Trivial Pursuit, though, I will God say. God damn it! You got three, you got the easy questions, and you know it. It's just, all, the, all the questions are easy, Thomas. It's Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> Not the ones we got. <laughs> uh, all right,
2: Angie Thomas, thanks for coming on, guys. We yeah, appreciate guys, it.
7: Thank you. Oh, thanks for having
3: us. Oh, thank you guys so much. It is really a fucking incredible thing that you guys do every year. We are so happy to be a small part of it. It is so cool.
2: Let's end tonight with the strange, the specific, and the downright weird. Here we go. Tim Robertson, whoever that
9: is, uh, donated <laughs> and would like a roast of Clyde, Ohio. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The little town where he lives. The little oh, town okay. that's too uh, boring yeah. for Tim Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. When I looked up things to do near Clyde, Ohio, all that came up were the Commodore Perry Service Plaza on i <laughs> ninety. What? what? And the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. (laughs) This is a dead-ass town whose chief economic export is the fact that recycled cans are worth twice as much in Michigan. (laughs) And whose town motto is you can barely even (laughs) smell Cleveland from here. (laughs) All right. Oh, no, I I have a perfect one for you, Cecil, since you have such a discerning palate. Uh, Angelica (laughs) would like a roast of Coors beer. Okay, okay.
2: Coors is the 55 miles per hour in the far left lane of beer. (laughs) It's the unsalted peanut butter of the drink world. It's the Let's just stay in and watch the six o'clock news of brewing. It's the, all right, we can just cuddle in a frosted glass (laughs) it's so boring mid-sip you can't help but take out your phone and see what's happening on instagram (laughs) all right heath i don't know why uh i think you'll crush this one but you will jeremy owns a barn wedding venue in georgia and would like you to roast his clientele people who get married in a barn (laughs) okay uh hey jeremy's clientele
5: um Stop living in Georgia. (laughs) Uh, Also, stop getting married. You're making (laughs) fundamental mistakes about existing as people in two major, major ways. Noah and Lucinda, they managed to pull this off, but they're better than you. They're better people. They're so much better than you. Almost everybody else besides them is boring after five minutes, let alone five years, let alone a lifetime, (laughs) let alone a lifetime in fucking Georgia you gotta switch it up with the same person trying to tell you the same joke again and smelling the same when you wake up next to them and doing the same things wrong when they organize the dishes and making the same mistakes about the structural integrity of the food they're trying to hold <laughs> <What? laughs> Wanted to share thoughts and emotions together fuck that fuck all of that but I like the barn thing barns are cool by yourself <laughs>
2: What were we talking about? Nothing. (laughs) nothing, (laughs) nothing. Okay, Eli, Chris would like you to roast that guy in the D&D game that refuses to play correctly and and insists on killing, robbing, seducing every NPC they encounter. Ah, the murder hobo. (laughs) Otherwise known as everyone the first time they play D&D
8: ever. Ah, who doesn't crack open the Dungeon Master's Guide and think, here begins my creation of a world and story. I sure hope everyone ignores it so they can try to force me, a 32-year-old fat man, to pretend to be a barmaid who's fucking them. No, please, steal everything. (laughs) Gather gold and ignore the villagers' cry for helps. Everyone loves the story about the guy who stole stuff and murdered people for no reasons. But hear me, murder hobo, for my curse is already upon you. (laughs) As you play, you will grow calmer. Your games will grow more fun, and the memories of your murder hobory shall fade. Fade until one day a world of your own springs from your mind. Perhaps the story of a young rogue who prowls the streets of Waterdeep, trying to find her lost long brother. And on that day, as you start to (laughs) unfold your tale... (laughs) My bard will spend 45 minutes trying to fuck her until I get
2: bored and then start playing on my phone. <laughs> okay, another one for you, Noah. <laughs> William would like you to give the business to broccoli. The vegetable? Broccoli.
9: The vegetable. Broccoli,
7: <laughs> <Okay>. the vegetable.
9: <laughs>
2: broccoli, the vegetable.
9: Broccoli? broccoli, how the fuck are you still even a thing? <laughs> right like you keep showing up for the party we keep shutting off the lights and pretending we're not home and then you just keep showing up on our plates any fucking way you're like a cauliflower whose heart isn't really into this you're a means to a dip and not even a good dip we wouldn't you would use carrots for a good dip or something you're the styrofoam packaging of food there was
5: definitely a little bit of eugenics to that that roast I felt like but Anti cauliflower. The, the, the that was there's something going on there. <laughs>
8: Keith, I hate that I have to give you this note all the time. You see eugenics in too many things. He and, does <laughs>
2: <laughs> and lastly, on a truly bizarre note, Austin gave us $150 for Tom to deliver a signature roast of himself. Oh, uh, all right, well, fuck it. I
1: am faking it all the time and hoping I never get caught. I spend most of my life trying to keep all the cards from tumbling down, but I can't, and I won't. Eventually, I know it will all catch up with me. When it does, I will be crushed beneath the inevitable weight of my own fumbling incompetence, and worse, my confidence in bluster. I'll be buried by my insistence that I can when I can't, and when the skin of my teeth is finally not enough, and when the curtain is pulled back and I am cornered and desperate, I will fail, knowing that I've destroyed all the people who have hitched themselves to me. Every single day of my life is a Ponzi scheme, and my best-case scenario is to die before I get caught. <laughs>
2: It's a Ponzi scheme. You don't make money
9: off of either. (laughs) Jesus. All right.
2: Well, while we gather around to beat up Tom for saying that shit about our friend Tom, we'll take a (laughs) break. I lose (laughs) no matter what. And and there's still two more days to donate. So get them in, guys. Thanks for coming on,
9: skating folks.
2: We
5: love you guys. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for having us. Give more money.
2: So we want to thank Thomas Smith for coming on this show. I love it when Thomas uh, is on the show. He's a great guest. Great guest. Great guy. He does, does a lot of great shows. He's part of a lot of great shows. Um, Philosophers in Space, Seriously, Serious Inquiries Only, and Opening Arguments. You can check them all out on this week's show notes, and uh, and you can we're going to link to each one of them. We also want to thank the Puzzle and Thunderstorm crew, the guys we do Citation Needed with, for coming on to do another episode of of uh, Vulgarity for Charity, another installment of Vulgarity for Charity. We want to encourage you, we're not done yet. This, this that we want to make sure that we keep uh we keep our foot on the gas. We want to make sure that we keep donating. Remember, you can go to modestneeds.org, donate. or more, you'll get a roast, vulgarityforcharity at gmail.com. That's where you send in your roast request, and we will roast whoever it is you want roasted. We will do it, but we want to make sure that people are still donating. Keep your foot on the gas. There's $100,000 on the table. We don't want to let that money go away. Every dollar you donate counts double, so please, please, please donate. You name them, we'll flame them. Absolutely, absolutely. That's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue.